Good, so uh, welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to the retreat. And uh, it's lovely to see so many of you here. Um, my name is Jake and this is uh, Kirsten. And uh, we very much look forward to uh, exploring this practice with you over these uh, few days. And uh, it occurred to me a really lovely way to begin is actually just to appreciate, to appreciate the wholesomeness and appreciate the loveliness of what we're going to be doing. Um, when I arrived here this afternoon, I could already feel my heart was beginning to... I was just so happy to be back at Guy Hamilton. Um, for me, this place has so many lovely associations, and uh, I know it will have two for many of you, and for others it will be a place that's somewhat new. Um, but it's such a, such a good thing to be doing, to spend this time together, uh, to be still, to explore our own hearts and minds, to find out where we struggle, to find out how we can become free. And so wonderful too for a group of people who most of us don't know each other, and just to come together in this way and make a community for these few days and to find like-minded people and to find a space to find a space where we can be more still it's just really something uh, something very precious so welcome welcome and uh, yeah, may it be a fruitful retreat for, for us all I was uh, reading today something that to me kind of uh, really spoke to me about why we might come to a place like Guy House. So I thought I would share, you, share this with you to begin with. We frequently long for a simpler life, to find those moments when we can sit beneath a tree and listen for one wholehearted moment. We yearn to find the space to attend to our own inner rhythms and messages the space to reflect upon the direction of our lives and to be touched by the subtle changes of each passing moment. We long to find the space to listen to another person and to our own hearts with total attention. Intuitively, we know these spaces teach us about what is significant, about how to find our path in this world, what nurtures us and how to be touched by the world around us. Moments of stillness and genuine simplicity offer us glimpses of what it means to live in a sacred and free way. We know we do not need yet more sounds, thoughts, experiences, possessions or attainments. We've had so many and they fail to quench our thirst for freedom and stillness. They do not make us happier, more free or compassionate. Instead, we discover that the clutter of our lives and minds entangles us in an escalating cycle of haste alienation and exhaustion. In our hearts we know that genuine freedom is much more deeper than a permission to have more, accumulate more or become more. Freedom is the ability to live in such a way that there is no sense of imprisonment. To be free in our lives is to live authentically, embodying creativity, wisdom and compassion in all dimensions of our lives. Freedom implies a genuine understanding of the source of happiness, the end of despair and conflict. 
freedom and simplicity are close companions. Simplicity teaches us the ways to release the layers of complexity and confusion that blind us. In their falling away, we discover the innate vastness of freedom within us. Just a sense of, uh, of what might bring us here. And we'll all have our own individual reasons for arriving. But there's also that sense of that universal, universal exploration of freedom, of peace of mind. So in terms of uh, setting the, the scene for the retreat, the framework within which we're working. Um, one of the things that's absolutely central to this practice, absolutely woven into every part of it, is a sense of uh, integrity, a sense of living with uh, ethics. And the Buddhist teaching on the, on the five precepts is something that really supports our practice uh, on a retreat like this. So just to explore this sense of ethics uh, a little bit more. To me it seems it's something that's there right at the beginning, throughout the middle, and in the end of our practice. So there's a sense, for me at least, that is something ethical, a sense of compassion or kindness, that actually brings us to a place like this. So it might be that we're finding life difficult, tough, something uh, that feels hard to be with. And there's a, a kind sense, oh, maybe this will help. Maybe this is something that can really benefit us. Or it might be a sense of aspiration. There's a sense of a greater depth in life that we wish to explore. And again, the kindness and compassion to want to, to explore that. So often it can be that sense that brings us here, brings us on retreat, brings us to spiritual practice. And so too it runs through the middle of the practice. So in all of the exercises that we do, um, to allow them to be informed by an attitude of, of kindness, of non-harming, of generosity, of stillness. And we can see, even when we, we do a very simple exercise, like bring the attention to the breath, and the mind wanders and we bring it back, that that can be done with so many different attitudes, so many different ways of relating to that simple exercise. So again, imbuing even a basic exercise with that, a simple exercise like that, with a sense of, of kindness to ourselves as we practice. The very sense of wanting to meet our lives, wanting to meet what's here in this moment, can be informed by this sense of compassion, wanting to touch life, wanting things to be close, to be intimate with all things. And so to practice, uh, in a sense, at the end of our practice too, is a sense of ethics. So uh, what we do here in Gaia House, what we do on retreat, what we do on the cushion, we can trust that that will unfold in our lives, in how we speak, how we relate to others, how we earn our livelihood, how we use the resources of the earth. That it will be embodied, that understanding whatever we we discover here whatever understanding we're nurturing can be embodied in how we speak and how we, how we think and how we act. So ethics too can be very much the expression of our practice.
So as a, a reflection on these, these five precepts, uh, the first is to refrain from harming living beings. This ethic of non-violence, to refrain from harming living beings. So this includes all of us here, uh, includes uh, ourselves. And uh, so this can show up in retreat in so many different ways, so many different ways, from certainly how we treat any insects that may be around, um, to how we are in, in the queue for the meals. There can be a sense of, uh, you know, the person in front of me is someone in the way, I wish I'd move and eat a bit more quickly or get out of the way a bit more quickly. Or it can be the sense of, of again, a, a fellowship, a sense of non-violence, a sense of, um, a sense of love <coughs> that we share with each other in this time. And really encouraging us to have that to ourselves. You know, again, so many times people can notice uh, patterns of criticism, judgment towards towards ourselves as we practice. And again, just noticing those, being aware of those, not trying to immediately stop them happening, but just being aware of them and not not feeding those. And that too is part of this precept: precept of non-violence, non-harm. We can refrain from taking what is not given. And again, this has different layers to it, different aspects to it. So it has the, the most outward aspect to be respectful of the, the things, the possessions of the people we're sharing the room with. It gives us a, a sense of safety. These precepts very much give us that sense of safety that we're practicing together as a community committed to that. Also, the sense this precept has of beginning to, to let go of that tendency to want to hold on to things, to wanting to, to keep things close, to grasp, to cling to things that we think will bring us some kind of security. And that's that kind of tendency, the energy to have, yeah, I want this and I need that and I've got to hold on to this. Yeah. And so just inviting a sense of sufficiency inviting a sense that there is enough yeah? what is here in this moment is enough is a wonderful sense when we, we begin to sit with that and feel that more and more deeply and that really serves this precept of not taking what's not given when we have that sense this is enough this is enough can rest here To refrain from sexual misconduct um, is a traditional translation, also sometimes translated as uh, sensual misconduct. And again, this in our daily lives can be explored in all kinds of ways. And like all of these precepts, in many ways, are a lifetime's practice as we practice with the more gross and subtle levels of the precept. Um, I mean, at heart, this is about you know non-harming in our relationships, non-exploitative. <coughs> sense in our relationships you know, relating to others with love and respect and here it's even more simple <laughs> so the invitation here is that we can live like uh, we can live like monks and nuns for the next few days and that's uh, yeah, it's like in so many ways this retreat just gives us some, some time off time off that sense of 
you know, I don't know if we're single looking out for somebody, this person interesting, that person interesting. Um, the whole habit of looking outside of ourselves for something exciting, something that's going to add to, to my life because I, there's a sense of lack, sense of something missing, I need this, I need that, this person's interesting, or maybe that person. But the, the peace and the stillness that can be there when we just, we just put that down just for a few days and just rest. And it gives us a chance to relate to our desires in a different way. It's certainly not a condemnation of desire, not a condemnation in any sense of our sense of sexuality, very much part of what it is to be a human being. But just relating to it in a different way, relating to it from this perspective of awareness. Not feeling governed by or driven by whatever passing impulses are around. To refrain from full speech. And uh, we can think, well, this is a little bit of an advantage here because we'll be in silence. So that can kind of help us with that. Um, but I, I always certainly include in this uh, on retreat a sense of um, having a kind of healthy scepticism towards all of the different moods and thoughts and kind of ideas that pop up into our own minds. So this to me again is part of that precept, not having to believe every single thought that comes into our heads. You know? And uh, those of you who've been on retreat many times may be familiar with the whole spectrum of thoughts that can visit us on retreat from wow this is amazing I want to do it forever <laughs> you know to this is unbearable I can't stand it for another second <laughs> and uh, one of the lovely things about being on retreat and really becoming more and more familiar with what the mind does is actually these thoughts become somewhat funny really <laughs> You know, rather than believing all of these things that kind of in a sense of, yeah, this is it, I've got it forever, cracked it, to <laughs> um, so I can't bear it. And you just begin to see this is just the play of the mind. And there's a lovely, it's like a kind of ironic thing. And people sometimes say this is why the Buddha has his half smile. You know, just all of these things you can see and come and go. So this is, a, again, this part of this sense of, of truthfulness as we refrain from full speech. And the, the final of these precepts is to refrain from drink and drugs uh, that cloud the mind. Yeah. So again, just on a practical level, if you are on any medication, this doesn't include that, please continue to take whatever medication you need for your health. Um, but again, this is about a sense of, of brightness, awareness of being with our whole experience whether it's lovely whether it's really tough but the willingness to meet it is so much of what this practice is about so again things that are about you know taking us away taking us into another state another state of mind uh, we're, we're putting aside those kind of strategies we're trying something different <laughs> on this retreat So those sense of the five precepts can really hold us, 
hold us on this, on this time together. And the other thing that, that does that, which I'd like to speak a little bit more about now, is uh, the silence, the silence that we'll be practicing. Um, and again, just to, to begin on a practical level, if you are new here, um, to explain a little bit how that works, there will be times for um, group meetings, and we'll be beginning those tomorrow. Um, so there'll be times in the group to check in with us. Um, there's also a system of notes. I expect the coordinators uh, explain uh, a little bit about that. But if you um, are really uh, need to talk to one of us, then we are here. We are available. So again, please put a note and you can ask to, to speak to us. Um, so although there's a silence here, it's not like you're, you're alone with things. If things are, particularly if things are really tough but if there's things that you need to explore and also on a practical level again just to really encourage you to include uh, in this sense of silence uh, what we do with the, the text and the phone and, the, uh, and all of that so if you, it's so helpful to really put that down really put it down it's so precious to have a time when we can just be dedicated to to simplicity so really including you know our use of, of mobiles and things as part of the silence um, and if you know for any reason if there is anybody who still has some business that you need to attend to it's really helpful to do it tonight and then really be able to to give yourself fully to this time to really give yourself fully to it So the silence is offered as a gift. Yeah? The silence is offered as a gift. So again, just an encouragement to, to sense what's that like to give ourselves this sense of silence. And there may well have been times in our lives where silence has got a very different flavour to it. It feels something imposed. It feels like somebody's uh, voice is being silenced something that needs to be said can't be said you know all those kind of awkward silences at family dinners or you know meetings at work where people can't really say what's going on so again just to be very clear this is a this is a silence that's a, an offering and paradoxically paradoxically there's quite a lot that I could say about silence but I'll keep it short but um, a couple of things I just really wanted to, to offer about that one a sense I have a, a, real, a real sense of the moment is that the silence is something that can hold us the silence is something that can hold us so I have this sense very strongly sometimes when I'm sitting that you, I can just be there with whatever's going on thoughts, feelings, sounds, sensations whatever's going on but it's held in this space held in this vast space and I think the external silence is a real gateway towards discovering that kind of inner silence. Yeah? That we can feel held by it. So what, whatever's here, and it's, it's a really, um, really helpful on retreat not to expect or demand your experience to be any particular way. It's more about meeting what's here, but it can be met within this space 
that can be held. And silence is something that can hold our experience. And the other thing I, I feel very strongly about silence is that it's, it's our teacher. Yeah, it's our teacher. So Kirsten and I will be offering some thoughts and reflections and some guidance on the retreat, but in many ways it's the silence that really teaches us. Yeah, it's the silence that teaches us. So many of the things that we might discover in insight meditation, spiritual practice, we kind of know already. You know, things change. It hurts when we hold on to things. Um, you know, being generous feels better than being cruel. Being stuck in an angry state of mind and feeling resentment hurts. You know, I could give you the list of, I don't know, 20 bullet points and photocopy it all for you and we could all go home tonight. <laughs> but actually, of course, this learning isn't like that. It's not 20 bullet points. It's maybe in many ways all of those things that we do sense or we intuit, but we know them more and more deeply. They sink more and more deeply into our being as we practice. And silence is really what helps us to do that. Because it's in silence we can see, ah, this is how I get stuck. This is that pattern. Ah, there's some freedom. And we can explore and know directly which is really what this practice is about. So that's uh, all I wanted to say by, by way of introduction. So again, I really... Yeah, may we have a, a rich retreat. And uh, may this time really be, be fruitful for us all as we build this community yeah. for these few days. So I also really would like to welcome you here in Gaia House. You know, all those who have been here before, all those I've, I've met before, really, really lovely to have you back again. And equally, really, really nice to see so many <coughs> new faces. You know, and especially if you are new, you know, just really be kind if it can feel a little bit awkward, what we are doing here. Remembering that also, um, you know, when you told your family or your friends that you are going to spend Easter in a silent retreat, they shook completely perplexed their head, thinking, why would you want to do this? And in silence, really remembering that you're actually entering a long line, a long line of people. You know, this has, has been this way of coming together, of practicing, of looking deeper, has been around for 2,600 600 years, or even more. You know, this coming together as humans to explore, to find out, has been part, has been part of our history since a very long time. So in one sense, it's very weird maybe to do this, and on the other hand, it's very normal. It's very long-tested. 
done again and again and been evaluated as useful and beneficial. So just to keep this in mind and really being kind to yourself when it feels, especially in the beginning, you know, if everyone looks like they know exactly what to do, you know, and there are all these unwritten rules and you, uh, unwritten rules and you don't know how they are, but you know when you overstepped it. You know, just to, to be quite playful. We don't have to get too too tied around it and yet giving yourself fully to it, you know, giving yourself fully to the silence. Very, very important, as as Jake just said, you know, so important to really give us the opportunity to be held in silence, to actually not not engage in speaking with each other. Very important to follow the to follow the <coughs> precepts, to undertake these trainings. That we have a sense of safety, that we can let down our guards, that we can relax. It's a safe place here. Don't have to worry that things will be taken, that I will be whatever it might be. So in one of the last, last pillars really of the framework we are creating here it what I normally refer to as simplicity, and Jake already mentioned it several times, and I just want to say a little bit more how we can actually simplify. So, as already mentioned, and I just really want to mention it again because we are so addicted now to it, turn off your electronic gadgets. Oh, please, Blackberries, tablets, mobile phones, laptops, whatever you might have, and really, really give yourself fully to this time you're on retreat. And if you have a really strong urge, compelling movement to use them, hand them into the manager. They will look after whatever you give them and hand it back at the end of the retreat. Also, what is really important, not that there's anything wrong with it per se, is really to refrain from any excessive reading and writing. And this is mainly because we actually want to look at our experience. We don't want to read about it. We can read about it later, really taking this opportunity to really look firsthand, to find out for ourselves, to discover our own understanding, to discover our own wisdom. So group retreatants are asked to not use a library. And I always say this, this is not because there are any esoteric scriptures in it which you are not mature to um, cast your eyes upon. That's not what it is about. It's really, again, giving yourself fully to the practice. You know, there are loads of books outside uh, to, to read about, about meditation practice. They are still there when you are leaving the retreat. One part, we can really keep it simple. And again, we can do this with a very clear intention, with a lot of clarity in our intention, without getting, like, getting... Um, contracted or tense around it. What can be really helpful, just follow the schedule. Don't have to make any decisions or hardly any decisions for the next days. Whatever you do is lined out. It's, it's there. It can be such a relief. It can be such a relief. 
and also in simplicity really encourage you not, you know, you're silent, you turned off your mobile phone, but then you really want to communicate something with another on a retreat and you write a note. Again, just refrain from it. So please use a notice board for messages to us. We will check it regularly. So if you want to communicate anything with either Jake or myself, just leave a note at the, at the notice board outside of the hall. If you need to communicate anything practical with the, with the managers, leave a note to, at the notice board next to the reception, to the office. And it will be taken care of. And if we need to get in contact with you, we will leave a note again at the notice board just outside the meditation hall. So check there if you contacted us and you are waiting for a response. Just keep your eye on the notice board. It can be quite addictive, you know. It's a note for me. Just see it, you know. Just see it with some lightheartedness. Oh, the human mind. What it does. I just want to say a little bit more about our retreat, and I really try to keep it, it keep it short. I try to. And what I really want to really want to be very clear about from the very beginning is like on retreats like this, you are not asked to believe in any dogma. And you are not asked to take something on by blind faith. You are not asked to become a Buddhist. Wouldn't really do it justice. You are not asked to, to, to subscribe to some kind of religion teaching and then this is who you are. The Buddha described his teachings, and I think it, has, it shows such a confidence, which I love. He described his teaching as ehi pasiko. You know, come and see for yourself. Find out. Look. And this can be very, very empowering. You know, when I hear it, it can be a real sense of being empowering. But the flip side, it can be also quite daunting. You know, we really need to develop a confidence, a trust in our ability to realize freedom. I can't give it to you. Che can't give it to you. The Buddha can't give it to you. What we can do, all we can do here during the retreat, Che is like pointing to something. That's all we can do. And the Buddha, he pointed to our cap capacity to liberate ourselves. He said, it's possible. It's possible. No matter, no matter how convincing at times the stories are your mind tells you. Oh, I can't do this. I'm a failure. No, he said it's very clearly, you know, you, we have the potential as humans to realize freedom, to liberate ourselves. So we are embarking on a very, very exciting journey here. And some of you have, you know, they are like 
you know, already already on the path doesn't mean that they may be are ahead. So don't think this. But they are already like drawn to this teaching. And for other, it's a, it's it's just very it's a beginning. Just checking it out, maybe. So it's a journey that requires from us curiosity, courage, kindness. As Jake mentioned several times, and we will probably continue to mention it, kindness, openness, and the confidence in our human potential. And I think what is very, very important is the willingness to see afresh, to see with new eyes. And I think sometimes this willingness to see afresh to question gets quite underestimated on on this journey. You know, we we might have this tendency that maybe things are difficult in in, in our life and there is this sense of, oh, you know, I want to land on some kind of truth and then I can stay there. But actually, I think what we have to really, really continue to do is to question to question, to question. And this requires courage. You know, teacher, one of my first teachers, and it really struck me, it really had like really touched something very deeply in me. And he said, you know, with his teachings, you are asked to not leave one stone unturned. It's quite something. And again, it can sound really exciting how it did for me, and it can feel quite, oh no, I don't know if I want to do this. And I think it's important that we have to go very gently there, that we have to be kind here. You know, we will be asked to go against the grain. We will be asked to question very, very deep-held assumptions about ourselves, about the world, about life. But we also need to know and acknowledge our edges, our places where we don't dare to go yet. Not to make them the ultimate truth, ultimate truth, but really knowing that we have to go gently here, that we have to honor the place where we find ourselves. And again, a a friend of mine, he said on a retreat, and I really liked it, he said, sometimes all we can do then when we come to this place is we say, oh no, this is too much. No, no, you might never arrive, says I don't want to scare you. But um, it's really what we can keep in mind. Can we go to the edge and then relax into it. That's all that is required. And we have to keep in mind, keeping in mind, that the teaching addresses the most universal of all problems. The problem of suffering. So, the Buddha said 
And I think I quote this in every retreat because it's so fundamental that, you know, you have all these lists and all these things, you know, the four of this, the five of that, the tens of the other. You know, it can get quite complex. And he said, I teach one thing and one thing only. Suffering, understanding suffering and the end of suffering. You know, what a promise. It's a promise here. What's the end of suffering? And we will, we, will, you know, we will start to work. We will work on a very individual level. We look, we look into our own experience. And I think for me it's very important that, that actually um, that whatever we understand here, whatever we understand looking inside, how we create suffering, where we get stuck, what drives us, our intention, our motivations in this microcosm, here, we realize more and more how suffering comes about in, 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 in the whole world, you know, in the macrocosm, so to say. It's not, it's, it's very, very beneficial, can be extremely freeing for ourselves, but also keeping in mind, like true practice for myself personally will will include personal suffering, very, very important, but will have to attend also to suffering in general. And there is a lot of suffering around. And we need to understand it. We need to understand it here so that we can understand it and act upon it outside. So last, last week um, I taught actually a retreat here and we celebrated Earth Hour so I brought this picture of planet Earth to Gaia House and when I left I forgot it. <coughs> and when I came back today it was still in the room where I left it and I thought and I asked Jake, actually I really would like to put this on in front of the Buddha. And Jake kindly said, yeah, go for it. So I put um, the, a picture of Earth really as, an, as an, a rem- reminder for many things, but also that what we are doing here is ultimately for the benefit of this. We can't separate the both. And it's actually quite a really beautiful, beautiful thing, you know, beautiful thing to contemplate, and it might not feel like this. So especially when you feel stuck, and you think I can't get any, can't go anywhere. Just maybe open your eyes and get some inspiration. You now here we live on this beautiful blue marble, and we have this possibility. We have this possibility to understand, to explore. What a miracle! It's amazing. Absolutely amazing, actually, when we think about it. <clears throat> so again, the teachings, they lead us again and again back to our experience, you know, to look deeper, to, to understand. And the beauty of the teaching, again, it's so, it's so, it's so wonderful, we don't have to be in any specific way. We can start exactly where we are. So wherever you are right now, 
bored to death, really interested, tired, whatever it might be, this is exactly the right way, right place to start. Great. Because the raw material for our discoveries of our insights is the reality of our life, how it presents itself each moment. So each experience is an opportunity, each experience, each impression, each thought, what, again what shakes that is each place where we, can, where we can get stuck, where we open up, is an invitation, an opportunity to understand, to look deeper. We don't need to have specific experiences. We don't have to get rid of any experiences. The whole range of human experience, we could say, is our field of research. So one way of, of defining a retreat is we becoming research, researchers into the human condition. You know, we, we, we're trying to look clo uh, closer. So we will give you some tools for research. Tools to support this exploration. Tools to support our ability to be more and more present. Tools to support an increased intimacy with our with our uh, with our life how it unfolds in self uh, tools to support increased ability to let go to investigate inquire so over the days our days together Jake and I endeavor to give you some toolkits You know, we give you periods where we give some instructions. And we will include all body postures. You know, explicitly we will include sitting, walking, and standing. So... Over the days, hopefully, we'll, you will have more and more. Um, yeah, just I don't want to overstretch it, but more and more tools you can pick up and use to shine a light on experience. And just I really just want to say the caveat where we can get quite stuck into that, become completely obsessed that we do the instructions right, you know, that we follow it right. And I really want to encourage you from the very beginning, whatever we teach you, whatever practices we teach you, make them your own. See what works for you. Have the confidence, have the confidence that you, that you know more and more, that there is this wise guidance. Now I should, now I should use this practice. This is a helpful way of approach, approaching what I'm experiencing. Now it's not. 
you know, that we have more and more this confidence of our knowing what is appropriate, what is an appropriate response. It's not about perfecting, becoming, you know, perfect in, in the tool. Would limit it would limit too much the potential. The tools have an end, they're means to an end. Okay. So in the beginning, now, we will emphasize really our um, our wish to arrive more to settle into this body, into this physical form we call our body, to take our seat. Because we need to be able to be more and more present in this body, because this is where life takes part, this is where we encounter experience. We emphasize at the beginning what is called calming practices. We want to simplify, we want to get less entangled. We want to invite a sense of spaciousness so that we can actually move around and look from different angles, you know, that we have some kind of freedom already through the calm we are developing. You know, in some steadiness of attention, some calm is necessary for looking deeply and seeing clearly. Because something held quite steady in our intention, it's easier, it's easier to probe, to investigate, to question. So very important to allow ourselves to arrive, to settle in, to calm. And we will see that calm in itself bring with, will bring with it a sense of well-being, which is very nourishing. Okay, so, are there any questions at this point regarding what we set up to now? Preset, silence, anything you would like to clarify. Everything is clear. Yeah? Good. I would like to start with a short sitting, but before we do this, because you have sat already quite a long time, if you want to get up and just really see if you're body needs to move a little bit. You can stay sitting, you don't need or must don't it's not a requirement to go up, but just see what movements, what kind of stretches, turnings, wriggles your body might need <coughs> to actually arrive more fully here. Don't leave the hall to go to the bathroom. It won't be long, but if you need more cushions, more equipment, it's fine to go to the back and actually help yourself. Don't be shy. If you need four cushions or five, take four or five cushions.
maybe have a moment or so, just sensing into your body and have a, ask very gently the question, which part of my body hasn't arrived yet? You know, which part of my body still needs some kind of welcoming here? And you might, might want to move it or touch it. Just find out what kind of attention this part might need to be fully, more fully included. Okay, and then in your own time, find your way back to your cushion. Before we get really serious, um, really an invitation for you to, if you wish to, you don't have to, just to take a look around, to take these other people in. We will be spending time together in silence. It doesn't mean that we are on our own. You know, we will support each other. With our presence, we will support each other with our willingness to give ourselves fully to the practices and to just really take in, really feel free to look around, to take in these co-travelers on the path. You know, the people who will support you and they might support you in ways you might not have imagined. They might show you the places where you get really triggered. And they might show you, you know, kindness, teachings on kindness, teachings on compassion, te- teachings on, on, on steadfastness, on patience. So really it's very much something we embark together, journey we embark together in. And then finding, taking your seat, And really give some care and attention to set up your posture, finding this beautiful balance of being firmly grounded, having this firm foundation in the lower part of our body combined with the openness, uprightness, awakeness, alertness with the upper part of the body And if you wish, just a little bit moving your pelvis forward and backward, you know, rolling, um, curving your lower spine in both directions and find this middle point where the curvature of your lower spine actually allows your spine to find its natural uprightness. Knees are overstretched not slumped, and you can feel when you move actually a lower spine how the upper part, your chest area, is opening, 
or feels a little bit more hunched and just really finding this place where they have this beautiful balance of uprightness, openness. Your chin slightly tucked in to help you straighten the neck. And just take some breath in and with the out breath, deep in breath, and with the out breath allowing yourself to fully arrive, settle, soften into your body. Breathing in and And another deep in-breath, energizing the body and with the out-breath, relaxing, relieving, arriving, softening into this body. And the last time in-breath and with the out-breath, relaxing, relieving releasing and then in your own time just bring your attention down to the contact points of your bum touching the chair cushion or bench your feet on the ground, your lower legs on the mat, maybe the contact of your hands on your thigh or your hands in each other. And just really using the contact points as a skillful means to arrive, to get a sense of your body, where we can really directly sense our body and the pressure, the contact. And just resting your awareness there for a moment or two. Bringing the awareness down to the contact points. And then in your own time, let your awareness rise. You know, you can have the picture of let your awareness rise like a fragrance from these contact points to fill more and more of your body. Doing it quite relaxed. You know, just playing with this image from the contact points. Let's let your awareness rise like a fragrance to fill more and more your body, supporting you, helping you to become more present, more fully present to this physical form we call our body.
And in this field of, ex of awareness, finding your breath, or let your breath find you. <coughs> Connecting is a direct experience of breathing in and breathing out, wherever it might. For it is easy for you to connect to the sensation of breathing. Getting sensitive to body breathing. Very gently and kindly resting your awareness, resting your attention there. Starting already to cultivate a resting point, a place to return to whenever we feel get lost in thoughts about the past, the future, whenever we get lost in evaluations of the present. Don't have to push away any experience, but being clear in our intention of simplifying. I'm not picking up any other experience, but remaining, focusing the intention on the awareness, the attention on the breath, on this body breathing. Letting your breath support you to arrive more fully, to settle in more fully. Using the support for the, of the out-press, for example, to relax, release, soften, widening into our body sitting here. <clears throat> 